0: Yo, what's up, guys? This is your host, Jerry. This week on the show, we got Vide. He's a uh, pretty chill dude. Yeah, funny thing about him. Me and his mom have the same birthday. So, yeah, we're pretty much best friends. No big deal. No, I'm just kidding. We actually don't really know each other that well. But he seems like a really cool guy. Um, this week is a little bit uh, more conversational, a little bit less music. There's still still music, but I just felt like the combo was super stellar. So it's a little bit longer episode, but it's a good one. Also, you can find the episodes on YouTube now. It's just Podducer uh, on YouTube. Also, you can find that in the description of each episode on SoundCloud. Also, you can also, also, I'm going to say also every second, but seriously, also, you can find the episodes wherever you want, you know, wherever you want to find them, you go get them. Yeah, go find them. They're out there. They've been out there. And I'm getting sick. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking about bringing a co-host on the show. What do you guys think, huh? What do you think? We'll see. I mean, I like just sitting here alone, talking into a mic. It's fun. Who is that? My girlfriend? Don't care. Just kidding. Love you. What else? Nothing else. That's it. That's all I've had for you. Now go on. Okay. Well, don't leave, but that's all I have. Bye. Oh, word. I turn 24 on the 28th of June.
1: Oh, that's my mom's birthday.
0: No way. hmm June,
1: June 28th? 20. Mm-hmm. That's fucked. That's weird. Yeah
0: crab people man cancers yeah cancers <laughs> um all right man well that's fucking weird just start out with like a little icebreaker i do this always what was your first concert
1: my first concert i was like probably 12 or 13 and i went to see motley crew with my mom yeah it was lit i bet yeah that's she like grew up listening to like that kind of music and like Mm. 80s metal and that's where i kind of like got my taste like i started playing guitar i was a little metalhead and i played like slayer and all that kind of shit and um yeah like exodus testament like old school metallica sometimes but i'm I'm not into them as much as other stuff as i started like developing my own music taste i got into like more progressive mathier stuff like i don't know if you're familiar with like the fall of troy Mm. um they're probably like they they're still my favorite band i see them every time they like come around but um a lot of the things they did they would be in odd time signatures which like i don't incorporate as an influence anymore especially in this project but a lot of the like stopping and starting and then like kind of like the song progressing as a whole instead of like really like just being like the same like verse, chorus, verse, chorus type thing where the whole song kind of just gets crazier as it goes on and that's like something structure-wise that's like influenced me. Hmm. So from there, like in my later high school years, I was like into like jazz guitar and blues and that kind of stuff. 70s r&b like earth wind and fire oh yeah all that and so that's where all that influence came from and now when i pick up a guitar that's that's the only stuff i really play i don't really do like the heavier stuff Hmm. but um all that happened like my friends convinced me one day to come to like a rave as they called it and it was like i only wanted to go because crystal castles was there and they were like the first like electronic music artists i liked but it was like crystal castles and Rusko, Mm. and like i went there and crystal castles was dope but like Rusko was like real crazy and i was like whoa electronic music's actually cool when i saw it live but um probably wasn't until carmack that I was like, yo, I, I want to make beats. This is cool because I've always like loved rap music too. So that was like the first that really inspired me into that. Saruta and Dr. Dirk are probably my biggest influences as far mm-hmm. like as vibe goes. I uh, actually got to see Carmack and Saruta together like on the tour they just did with Carmack with the live band, and it, oh my god,
0: dude, I miss that. Oh, it came dude. to Chicago. <laughs>
1: yeah you goofed <laughs> mm-hmm. fuck
0: why'd i do that to myself
1: it's cool i got to like talk to saruta for a little bit i met him a couple of times so we got to catch up so that's that kind of cool
0: oh nice yeah yeah dude when I, I i've seen carmack before i saw him at this place called uh, the concord in chicago okay. and he was just roaming around the back and i should have told him i was like dude i've it's weird meeting you because you don't understand how much your music has had an effect on my life. And like, I don't know you at
1: all. It's just crazy. Yeah, dude. I've like seen him probably hmm, four times now, but no, I've never like come face to face. I, I probably wouldn't even know what to say, honestly. Yeah, dude, I didn't know what to
0: say. I, funny story, I went up to him. My brother grabbed me and was like, yo, dude, it's Carmack and he like pulled me over to them pretty much. I like all of a sudden was in front of someone I like look up to and I was just like oh yo what's up man my name's Jerry and he's like yo what's up is there anything you want to hear tonight and I couldn't think of the song but I it's the chorus remix and I was just like it's that one that goes and I was just like I am
1: such a pleb (laughs) I I actually play that song every set,
2: dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you DJ a lot? Um I don't know, probably about like one to two shows a month. Sometimes a little more. I only really have like only a few shows coming up. Like two festivals and then like one off thing in the summer. Well three festivals. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> um, I'm actually, on 420, I'm doing this thing called uh, Sunway Surfer Spring Fest, which uh, they're based out of uh, Virginia Tech. And it's like a college thing. But it's like, they actually have a real cool lineup for that one. It's uh, Samson and Zadi, And like they've been good friends of mine for a long time. And we played like, I don't know. So all three of us are really tight. And our uh, friend James P., I don't know if you're familiar with his music. Mm-mm.
2: Mm-mm. He's,
1: he's another Baltimore-based artist. Definitely one of my favorites right now. Shout out James P. But um, yeah, he's on the lineup. Uh, Martin J. Baliu. is that how you say it? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, he's pretty tight too, and he's on that. But um, I'm doing this one called Cabin Fest, which is a really cool festival. It's in um, the mountains of West Virginia, but it's uh, only like a hundred person fest in this real like intimate setting. And I'm like mm. real hype to be on that. For sure. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. What was the first festival you played? The first festival I played is uh, this festival called Dreamscape Festival, which uh, actually the year I played... Last year was uh, the last year they did it. And uh, that was kind of cool because, like, when I was playing at first, because I was playing at the this pavilion stage, um, there was only, like, 20, 25 people. And then, like, I looked down for, like, a split second, like, did a transition. And I look up, like, the whole place is packed. And I was like, whoa. So, like, I thought I was, like, it was packed because I was doing, like, really good. I mean, I guess it was. But, like, it gave me this little energy boost. And then, like, you know, adrenaline's going, so I started going a little crazier. Was afterwards, <laughs> one of my friends told me, we're like, yo, uh, Akali and Troy Boy pulled up at your set, and, like, a hundred people m- must have, like, followed them in. And I was like, oh.
2: <laughs> oh, of shit. course,
1: Yeah, no, that's crazy. Apparently, they, like, went back to the hotel, like, two minutes before I went off. When I was told that, I was like, whoa, that's crazy.
0: You seem like a pretty humble dude. I mean, that's a pretty big deal within the electronic bass music community
1: i mean yeah it was like pretty cool but like i don't know what would make that any different than another show because i'm just playing in front of a crowd it doesn't matter if it's e Kelly or some kid who spent all of his money on the ticket because those are the kids who were interacting with me after the set like no like i'm not throwing shade or anything but it's like It's still an honor that they showed up because obviously, like, you know, there's three other stages. So if they appreciated what I was doing, the mess. So that was like, whoa.
0: So how did you start getting into playing festivals and stuff like that?
1: Well, it started out, I was on this label called uh, Midi Boys. But uh, we started throwing a bunch of DIY shows, all that, up and down the East Coast. And then eventually, like you know, people were catching on and, like, getting that experience, you know, because we probably mm-hmm. played, at least me, with them, like, 15, 20 shows, maybe, like, in the span of, like, six months with them. Mm-hmm. On top of, I used to play this weekly event that uh, got shut down because the club was sold. They just stopped doing it in a uh, Baltimore called Nature of the Beats, and i probably play that, like, Once, sometimes twice a month till that stopped. And that was pretty cool. And that was when I was first starting out. So that put a lot of experience under my belt. And then from there, it was like other people started knowing what I was doing, gaining a little bit of traction on SoundCloud. It's still not nothing, but it's like a little more than your average person. Not that that really matters, but it's like numbers catch people's eyes. That's just how Mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. So this guy who actually, ran a stage at the Dreamscape Festival, was like, yo, I haven't seen you play here in, a, like, in this area for a while. I want to see what you can do because your like music has developed a lot in such a short amount of time. And I was like, all right, cool. And from there, like a bunch of people saw my set and it's just like, I don't know, it's all about playing like a good set in front of the right people. That's what playing shows really comes down to, unfortunately, is who you know rather mm-hmm. than how talented you are but I'm lucky enough to have met people who've been able to help me out.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's nice. Did you find, because like, I found that when I first started making music, it was hard for me to find other people to like make music with, especially just you know right next door. I mean, you can always reach out over SoundCloud or whatever, but it's a little bit easier when you're in the same room with someone or there's a tangible person that you can meet up with
1: right yeah i got pretty lucky on that one of my uh good friends from high school is like he's been producing since he was 11 years old and this kid makes some of the craziest beats his name is Noctix. he does crazy like heavy dubstep and he's an extremely technical producer shout out shout out Noctix! i'm shouting out all my friends apparently mm-hmm. but um yeah, I was around him for a lot, and then there was my friend uh, Suede Ways, and he was the guy. He actually like, because of my knowledge of guitar, he was messing around with beats, and he was like, "Yo, you kind of like know how music works." Like, he started showing me how FL Studio worked, and like, I was like showing him music theory, and from there, I was like, "Whoa, this is actually like really cool." So I kind of always had people around me who knew what they were doing to bounce ideas off. And then MIDI Boys. This is, I still can't believe this happened. So, this is a collective that had like a bunch of people who probably have over like 10 to 20K followers on SoundCloud now. Like Octane, mm-hmm. Zadi. Um, wow, all the names are slipping my mind. Uh, Sophie Myers, uh, Player Dave. Shout out Player Dave. I love Charlie, mm. he's awesome. Uh, Michael Mason, Umru. Everyone knows Umar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It it was crazy. Like, all of us, like, literally at that time had 100 followers, and we were just kids talking on the internet, and, like, the growth between, like, literally, like, two years, because that was, like, the end of 2015, beginning of 2016. Like, we all, like, kind of came up together, and, like, we're, like, extremely, like, all of them are extremely talented musicians, and we've been bouncing ideas off each other for years. I... Like, honestly, I just got extremely lucky with that.
0: Yeah, you know, it's not that uncommon in the sense that I've heard of comedy groups coming up like that. You look back and it's like, oh, yeah, it was like me and just like all these other famous people.
1: One thing I haven't mentioned is my Lost Dogs boys. Like I I mentioned Easy Bake earlier, like Untitled, Milano, um, literally all of them, like Sketchy People, Chrome Republic, Snuggles. Like, oh my god, I have to name all of that. Player Dave. If I don't name all of them right now, dude, they're gonna grill me. They're <laughs> going to give me shit, dude. Um, knives. Like, of course, because it's on the spot, I'm just like, ah I'm missing one person who met Cambot. How did I miss Cambot? I love him. Alright. I, I got all of them now. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> how do you get your bass sound i just do a sine wave and operator honestly Mm. and the envelope
0: is kind of just like an 808 type envelope
1: oh yeah it's just a little attack um one thing I, I learned that from Zadi in that song is kind of like automating the release time of it, like that mm-hmm. that kid automates everything by the way, it's insane, but um, automating the release time of it so it's like on longer hits it'll drag out longer instead of actually doing the whole MIDI clip and it like sounds so much cleaner and I was like whoa, mm-hmm. made it sound more thick too. I don't I I didn't even understand how that worked but it just does, so. <laughs> Zaddi did this literally in, like, I can't even explain to you in, like, two minutes. I just have to talk about this. So the uh, vocal, like, chords that are layered over the pads in the middle, he literally ripped uh, the whats So Not song Gemini from YouTube, took the, mm-hmm. like, intro, threw it in, like, a sampler, and then sliced it to MIDI and like, a drum rack, and then played it out, and then, like, literally somehow isolated the vocals out from that, and, like, And the amount of time he ripped it, threw it in the Ableton, did all that, it was only like two minutes. Like he had the clip recorded and all that. And I was just like blown. (laughs) Like how quickly he just like did that, pulled it off, like without even trying. And then he just looks at me and was like, I always wanted to sample that song. And then just like (laughs) continues working on it. And I'm like, what?
0: when you sit down to make a track like this what's the general process like is there a way that you get in that zen mode how long does this take you know
1: honestly I I don't have a set process and like I just goof around literally I just open it up and just start messing around a lot of time I make trash I literally make some of the most garbage beats but Hmm. then like it's like actually it all starts off as trash and then it's like eventually you keep messing around and then you make like a mistake that you're like whoa hold up and then you know something you're not meant to do and then you start rolling with that and then everything else around it just like falls in the place that's that's my music making process everything is just happy accidents <laughs> of like my music to be all over the place because my head's all over the place as you can tell by this interview <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah that's that's just literally it i just try to like make songs that i'm like whoa this is actually kind of fucking crazy like that's my like goal i want to impress myself
0: sounds like your style is kind of tinkering to get something badass as fuck
1: yeah exactly i've kind of like developed a little feel of like getting like everything to sound the way i want and like making sounds that sound like me but i always try to like one thing i don't do and it's like all my like friends kind of like shit on me for this is like i like i kind of i My workflow is kind of slow because I like synthesize every, almost every sound. If Mm -hmm. not, like I record it myself. But it's like, there's nothing wrong with using samples from sample packs. I'm throwing this like out there right now. Like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong. That's just what I do. And it's like, I don't know. Every time, like, I never save like sounds, I don't save presets, like, none of that. I just like, every time like you will hear similar sounds like throughout like my songs but like say there's like a square pluck in this song it's not going to be the same as a square pluck in this song of mine like everyone is like slightly different and i yeah. don't want to just like reuse the same sounds every time
0: how long does it generally take you to make a sound or i mean the sounds don't take this like in a bad way they sound basic in like the synthesis you know it sounds like this is a yeah. sine wave mixed with like a square wave. It's not like this morphing wave table thing.
1: Yeah, no, I'm more of a basic like square wave kind of person. Anyway, like square waves, sine waves, saw waves, triangles. I really like the basic ones because there's so much you can do with that. And it's mm-hmm. like most of my sound design anyway is like post processing. Mm. That has a lot to do with it it's very like Ableton based and like resampling is a big part of that. Cause that's how you like, you know, get things weird as fucking unique.
0: What's, what's the process generally? I mean, I know that it's probably always different, but like, what's it go yeah. to? Uh,
1: I have normally I'll use like amp and then like cabinet and, A lot of people don't know this, but like uh, I just learned this recently, like within the past couple of months. So cabinet, like uh, you said you're an Ableton user, right? Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So cabinet was meant to work with AMP. Like cabinet by itself doesn't really like, I don't know, do Hmm. much I've noticed. But then when you like throw it with AMP, like think of like, you know, AMP looks like the head of like a Marshall half stack and then right. cabinet which would be the 4x12 right that's like the big speaker like when i put that together i was like oh my <laughs> god and it really like just cleans up the distortion like so crazy but like keeps it loud and like all huh. that and then i'll like throw an auto filter after that and typically do a notch filter like go like crazy automation hmm. like don't even like Think about where i'm placing points like just do it random so the mm-hmm. movement's all like crazy yeah and what would i do after that i guess just like slam it through a glue compressor and soft clip it bounce resample do it all over again
0: try it again dude yeah, that's crazy about the cabinet and i was always like what is the point of the cabinet but once you set yeah dude the amp plug You can get the gnarliest sounds from that, but it's too much most of the time. Most of the time it's like, oh my
1: God. Yeah, cabinet is like what tames the amp. And once I figured that out, I was like, oh shit. I think that's like Abelson's best kept secret, honestly. Wow.
0: Well, thanks for sharing it, man. I'm definitely going to try that out.
1: Yeah, you got to turn the dry wet down a little though. The dry wet on 100 is like, it like tames it down too much.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, definitely keep that in mind. Uh, That kind of brings me to another question that I ask a lot of my artist friends is, you know, there's this idea of the secret sauce. And that's just a method of however you get this to taste good, sound good, whatever. Do you believe that you should share the secret sauce, or do you think you should keep it? Because, you know, like you were saying with the sample packs, I mean that's kind of artists sharing their secret sauce.
1: Yeah, like honestly like like I've released a sample pack, I'm going to do another one soon. It's like yeah, you can give everyone those sounds, but at the end of the day, like I I hope this doesn't come off in the wrong way, but like I'm the one who made them. I'm the one who uses those sounds and like I will progress from those. Like those will be those sounds will always be that for like mm-hmm you know, once it's in the sample pack and release, those sounds Mm -hmm. aren't going to change unless, like, you do something to those sounds. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it's, like, really cool to see other people use it. I'm all about sharing knowledge, but it's, like, at the end of the day, no one's going to be you. That's one thing I've noticed with between artists who are genuine about music is that you hear themselves in it, and it's, like, there's a lot of artists, especially, like, And I love, like, this, like, weird, wonky, experimental trap, whatever you want to call it, uh, community, Mm -hmm. because, like, everyone is genuinely trying to be their self. And, like, that's the, like, difference in sound. And it's, like, after, like, meeting these people in real life, you're, like, whoa, like, Zadi, like, his brain is all over the place, but yet he's calm and collective, which, like, think about his music. It's, it's all over the place, but yet it's calm and collected. And it's like you start to like realize like these kids' personalities match up with their musical styles. And it's there will always be you, and no one else will be you. Even
0: if you have a sample pack that you take from someone, I mean, dude, you can turn any
1: sound into anything. Yeah, exactly. Just like no, like I'm not going to use like the sample from my pack the same way that. Uh, some kid who downloads it he might make something crazier than i fucking would with it like i heard that a lot with my first pack where i would like be listening to it be like oh this leads tight and then it's like going through it and then i was like oh wait wait i oh (laughs) i did this (laughs) (laughs) it's cool because like you can hear their like taste over top of the sound you made and it's like well yeah so would you and it gives you like a whole new inspiration sorry to cut you off
0: no dude you're fine I feel like I that's my job is to like not cut you off <laughs> too um but <laughs> do you feel because I, I, I used to have I don't know I, I like <laughs> I was in community college like all my friends went off to school I was like the only one that was in community college and like my saving grace oh, was dude, these. Same. Oh, word. Yeah, dude. So, you know, you're like a lot of alone time, but my saving grace was uh, (laughs) this philosophy class that I took. And I just think that my head was just thinking about a lot of stuff at that time. And I came up with this theory. I was like, collaboration equals innovation, because I was thinking all my favorite songs are generally collaborations between two artists that I already like. Uh, The sum total of what they make is more. Than, like the two of them it, it what am I trying to say? it's like a multiplying factor but I mean yeah. I don't think that everyone can collaborate either I mean what are your thoughts about collaboration do you like doing your own shit or would you rather be collaborating all the time
1: it really all depends like what I'm in the mood for like I love like making beats with my friends but like there's sometimes where it's like I like sometimes it's like I'll make something and be like, I'm not sending this shit to anyone. I, I guess it really all depends on like the idea and what I think I could do with it or if I think someone else should put their input on it. But um, mm. it really all depends on the mood.
0: Yeah, it's situational. Mm
1: hmm.
0: The best reaction someone's had to your music. Like it could be something that someone just like told you after a set or someone told you online.
1: The craziest thing that actually ever happened to me, I guess, best reaction to my music is I was actually at that Saruta and Carmack show and mm. I had to travel a little bit. It wasn't in Baltimore, it was in DC. But there mm. was like a good amount of kids like who came up to me and, like, knew me, like, as like, five and were, like, talking to me. And it was, I was like, this is insane. Like, just talking to kids who, like, knew stuff about my music, like, at a show I'm not even playing at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. Or maybe this one time I played uh, Greensboro, North Carolina with uh, Easy Baked. And this show, (laughs) all right, so the bar special that night was 50 Cent Beers and $2 Bombs. And I played one of the best sets in my life, Uh, probably one of the better sets like I've ever played that night. And like, oh, God, I probably got bought like eight bombs because they were so cheap. And I, oh, was this before the set? No, this is after. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were all like, dude, great set. Like, who are you? Where are you from? Like, Like, what was that? 'Cause mm-hmm. this was before that sound like that me and all my like peers are doing really started to gain traction. So it was still a relatively new thing.
0: If you could give yourself advice um, when you first started making music, what would you tell yourself?
1: Everything you're gonna make for like the next three years is gonna suck. get over it and just keep going. <laughs> so push through yeah i'm I'm glad I did, but like oh man, getting over that wave like I'm like it was probably only within like the last two months, and I'm like, I don't know. On year f- five now, where I'm just like, okay, I'm starting to believe myself. Like, I'll play my songs out like live, and I'll be like, hell yeah, <laughs> instead of being like, Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> I hope this. And like well. cringing the whole time, hoping people like it. Word. But um, yeah, it's just like everything you're gonna make just is gonna suck. Just keep going because eventually it's not. definitely always be making music that's for sure Um, obviously I want to see how far I can ride this wave because like I've had a tremendous amount of luck and it only seems to be going up from here so I hope it does like knock on wood but my end goal is to eventually like you know get into pop production or like mixing and mastering or professional engineering because like we're like doing like Sound for TV shows or like mixing commercials, which is a cool mm-hmm. concept because it's all like side-chaining based. Mm. Like whenever the person talks everything in the background just ducks super hard mm. There's like a lot of things you can do with this and it's like blowing up and playing EDC It doesn't have to be that and it's like I don't like if I did that they'd be like crazy but like, yeah. like I don't know. I just hope I have like a cool sustainable job in music being a touring cool musician, I don't know. Like in five years, I'll be turning 29. I don't know if I can be like playing club shows and getting drunk every night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, dude, I'm already kind of on that like
1: dad life. I'm just like, i yeah, will just stay yeah, inside. me too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't like going out anymore. I don't like drinking and all that. <laughs> it
0: affects me. Anytime I yeah, anytime I go out drinking, it's like. The next day fuck but that's because if i drank every day i'd be fine with it but i don't want to do that
1: <laughs> yeah no me either yeah me either yeah it's only like a rare occasion pretty much when i play shows it's the only time i drink
0: mm. yeah are you careful not to like do you drink before you play or like a little
1: bit or a little i will normally do like Two Red Bull and vodka at the most. But Red Bull and vodka is like my go to because Red Bull to like keep me awake, especially if I'm like New York City. Like I play there a lot and this is the craziest part about it. So like most shows are like ten to two in every city, like mm-hmm. ten PM, two AM. In New York they're always midnight the four. So so like I played like crazy set times, like three to four AM and stuff like that. So obviously I'm gonna need a Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. In the shadow box, to call my nerves because it's like no matter how big the crowd is, if it's like eight people, or if it's like played as up to as many as three or four hundred, however, mm-hmm. like I I still get like the same amount of nervous. Yeah, especially smaller crowds. Smaller crowds actually make me way more nervous than like bigger crowds do. I've noticed, because
2: mm-hmm.
1: like people are there to like party, so they're already like mm-hmm. in a positive mood. When there's like, you know. Cause like it happens, not every show you play is gonna be like sold out and huge. Mm. Like, you know, when you get the one and there's like not that many people there and barely anyone's feeling it, you gotta be going crazy. I feel like there's extra pressure if you don't like get those people going crazy. Like, it's gonna be a lame night. Yeah. All right, man.
0: Well, I don't want to keep you forever, man. You got some more music to make, but I just want to say thanks again for coming on, man. Dude, thanks for having me. I guess let's let's do like a quick formal like peace out dude like uh, thanks for coming on or okay I'll just do it right now thanks for coming on the show man thanks but I don't know what to do here <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> all right we're no we're not gonna use that one I think that we no, actually we should should no, we use I that one I think we should that'd be great okay okay I'll be like yeah dude we gotta say goodbye to each
2: other